Welcome to Mulch. I'm your host, Jessica Jones. Sharing stories is healing. Whether it is to release them from your narrative or to connect to a community, I want to reserve this space for doing just that. Mulch is the shit that makes us grow. It is a place to be honest and tell our fiercely vulnerable stories. The stories shared and concepts learned are here to serve the purpose of teaching us and connecting us. Instead of looking at our experiences as a hindrance, I want to look at them as something meant to nourish us and support our growth. Something like mulch. To stay connected with us, follow us on Instagram at from.mulch, subscribe to our newsletter at frommulch.com, and press that subscribe button. Hope you enjoy, and thanks for joining me. Welcome to episode nine of Mulch. This episode is called Unscripted um, because it is exactly that. It is completely unscripted. I recorded this sometime in August um, when I was quite upset um, and I've been unsure whether I wanted to release it or not because I am crying through most of it. However, when I was feeling this way, I obviously turned the microphone on for a reason. I did feel feelings were flowing through me, but so were thoughts, and I felt like it was valuable to share. Um, And I think it's time that I crack myself open a little bit more. Um, This podcast, as I've said before, is about being fiercely vulnerable. It's about sharing that shit in our lives that that makes us grow, um, that, I mean, it breaks us down first, um, hence the name of mulch. It's, It's that... It's kind of like this decomposition process. Um, But at the end of that decomposition process, there is that growth. And um, so I wanna stay true to the intention behind mulch. So here is going to be quite a vulnerable um, episode. Um, I do value structure, so I do think that I kind of tie tie it together at the end. So I hope you enjoy it, and if you do, please message me, share, do all those things. And those who are new here, you can find Mulch on Instagram at from.mulch. We also have a website, frommulch.com. Please subscribe. We have new episodes coming, lots of guests coming as well, and I'm excited to be back, so enjoy. This is the first time that I'm going to try um, to do this unscripted. I started this podcast as an initiation for my growth, keeping myself accountable to my growth. Um, I'm a teacher and I think that I really learn when I am teaching and I really learn when I'm looking through my lens of teaching so I think that this outlet for me this podcast is truly heart healing Um, 
and I've had some difficulty and struggle with some momentum the past couple months with this podcast. Um, not because I don't have work to do, um, but because I became overwhelmed with the amount of work that I have to do. And I don't know if you can tell, but I'm upset right now uh, with my voice, but I'll try to be as clear as I can. Um, to me, it feels quite embarrassing that um, I've turned 30. I, you know, think that I am a, uh, you know, pretty good human being. Um, and I'm not trying to say that the things I'm about to list are what make you a good human being, but, you know, I have accomplishments in my life. I've gone to university. I got my bachelor's degree. I've traveled the world. I've been to 15 different countries. I got a job um, that I've been successfully working at for five years. And, you know, there I, I feel like I do have a good foundation um, to who I am and, and who I want to be. But, like, my life has always felt very unconventional. And my goals and my dreams have always felt unconventional. And I've never felt like I've really fit the mold that everyone else around me fits. But I think I really struggled, like, actually admitting that to people, or to myself, actually. Like, I don't think I'm a faker, like, I don't think I'm going around faking who I am, but, uh... But life, living life in the way that most people live life is really, really hard for me. Um, and I think I actually, honestly, play it off pretty well. You know, I, I'm doing the 9 to 5. Um, and I'm, you know, I did all the things I was supposed to do. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm not ashamed of how my life has gone. I feel actually quite proud of myself. And I think that's one thing that, that I really feel lucky about is that, you know, although my self-worth can be low, um, I really do love myself. And I think that a lot of people struggle with that. So I feel very grateful that at the core of me, I, I genuinely like who I am. So, like, what, what the fuck is the problem then, right? No, um... I don't really know what... I mean, I guess that's the point of unscripted. I don't really know what the the intention behind this little rat's going to be, but let's just see if something unfolds here. <sighs> I've lived alone now for this will be going on, this will be my third year once May comes. So I'm on to the third year, so two complete years here. And I think I'm, I'm becoming frustrated uh, because, you know, I feel like I have put aside my time for self-care, and I understand self-care is something you can't stop. It's it's continuous, and as I've stated before, I have a self-deficiency problem. Um, 
I struggle with taking care of myself, even when I'm not in a relationship. The classic conventional things that people just do, people just have to do before they go to bed, I just don't do. It's just not, like, my brain just doesn't think like that. It's, it's, it's honestly a struggle. It's, and that's why I feel like it's embarrassing. It's like I'm 30 years old, and yes, I feel like I present well. I feel like I, you know, um, again, I'm accomplished, but just, like, some of these childish characteristics, and I, I don't want to be sharing myself again because I know that this is not that unusual like there are other people like this out there and also the people that are doing it it's not like you know it is a challenge they just they just do it they're regimented they're routines and i'm just not Anywho, i lost my train of thought there i think what i was getting at is that i've put aside self-care time the pandemic worked in my favor and I think I've said this before because it was it allowed me to literally focus on myself with no other distractions I couldn't go out and drink and have fun with friends or distract myself with parties or those types of things um I I literally was here and lots of beautiful things came from this and you know I don't want to take away from that I did grow but you know I'm sitting here kind of feeling kind of pathetic thinking like why why is my momentum so slow like why do I look around at everyone and it's like you know people go through breakups um and they find someone they find someone else that they're truly happy with and in love with within a year like it's just you know a friend a friend of mine always joke because her and I are single and we just think like you know Whenever we hear about a breakup, we're like, oh, well, they'll probably find someone before us because it just seems to be turning out that way. And, you know, I really do trust that, you know, my my time will come. And, and honestly, that's not what this is about necessarily. But I'm just, I guess, making it sort of relatable is that that's something that's so strange in my life. Is that like, why am I, why do I find it so difficult to, you know, find relationships and connect with people? And I have before, like I, I've been in love several times, like, or not several times, but I've been in love. Um, so I think what I want to address here in this episode, um, and one that's really going to connect to my next episode, which is a guest episode. And I'm really excited to have this guest in particular on, and I'll give you some details later when I'm not moping and whining right now but um this person that you will get to know um let me or help me address these parts of myself that I really disliked or really was trying to change or really prevented me from moving forward because I was so fixated on them so here's six and I'll just read them to you here So the first one is mess dress, and this is probably the most embarrassing part of myself. Um, She is chaotic and disgusting and childish and just so unorganized. From my car to my apartment to um, my childhood bedroom, like everything was such a mess. And 
you know, I kind of knew where this stemmed from in a way. Um, my house burned down, as I said, so I have a very unusual relationship and attachment with things. I don't know how to properly let things go. I have, I put lots of sentimental gain onto things, but also really see the practical value in things too, especially when it comes to clothes. I, it's hard for me to throw something out when, when it's, you know, it's a durable thing or I can change it. I can turn it into something else by, you know, sewing it or something, which I'll never get around to do. But it's just that like in that moment, it's really hard for me to just put it in a bag and not think about it. If it gets to the bag, then it's literally sitting in my mind for hours and hours and hours. And if I don't take it out of the bag, it'll just sit in that bag for weeks and weeks and weeks and months until I forget about the bag. And then, you know what I mean? It's just like, it, it's just adding again to the mess, just in a different way. And then one thing I discovered with mess dress is that, which I found very interesting, is that, you know, someone gave me this perspective is you know maybe I'm attracting all this chaos into my life these these relationships with addicts these relationships with people who are not emotionally available for me because they aren't emotionally available to themselves maybe I'm attracting these chaotic people because I am trying to mask how chaotic I am you know and I thought that was really interesting and again and when I say this about my parents, like, just hear me out for a second, because it's, you know, it's a line of chaos, right? It's not that, you know, my parents, um, the chaos doesn't originate with them, right? It's, it's a whole family systemic issue. But chaos was what was comfortable for me. Like, do I live this way? Because this is honestly what is comfortable. And when we think of codependency, right? You know, people who are codependent end up in those very unhealthy toxic relationships because that is what feels comfortable that is what they're used to the other part of myself is the avoidant jess and this one's really hard for me to confront um this is how i mainly deal with most things um is avoid them i have some really struggle with opening my mail for no particular reason um, probably because my family had money struggles growing up, but I'm just weirdly afraid I'm going to have like a, a million dollar bill, which never, ever, ever happens. But like the fear is so there that I just avoid. Um, you know, I would actually describe myself as confrontational because it appears that I am, but I really like at my core, I'm not like I can be blunt and I can be honest and all that. But that to me is really my shell. Like that's really my um, armor protecting me when it actually comes to conflict I'm quite avoidant I avoid most things that I think would make me feel uncomfortable or anything that would expose myself and honestly when we, we reflect back on the whole dating thing like I avoid I don't want to say I'm avoiding connections but I'm not necessarily like putting myself out there to make them either And then I guess that ties into, sorry, I can't help but cry, but I'm just going to go with it here. Hopefully the mic isn't like weirdly emphasizing my weird snot in my nose. <laughs> but uh, fear, and this one's painful to talk about because I am really scared. Like I'm scared of everything. It's wild. 
I have a lot of very irrational fear. And I'm not saying that my the fear that I'm experiencing is not really normal. I think it actually quite is. Um, and probably pretty relatable. But, you know, like, um, I don't do the things I love out of fear. Like, and it's so strange. I said that I loved myself earlier. And it's like, well, do I? Like... You know, if I think I'm such a good singer, why am I so scared to sing? Like, if I think I'm so good, like, a good person to love, like, why am I so scared to try to love someone? One second. I'm back. I got some tissue. (sighs) It's so funny. This this wave of emotion totally came from nowhere, but I am quite glad it did. So besides, so I got mess Jess, avoidant Jess, fear Jess, and then another one. And this one I found um, maybe more, I found strategies to deal with, and that's my inner child Jess. And I guess it kind of ties into maybe avoidant Jess and fearful Jess and anxious Jess. I think of, you know, little Jess, and I think that... uh, This is really relatable for me now because I have a niece and because I can, you know, look at her and think, you know, I never want her to feel like she can't do something. I never want her to feel like she's not good enough, you know, like, so then when I think of little Jess... God, when I think of little Jess, I think I think of this, you know, sweet little girl who like had such a big heart. And just wanted to be like literally a good girl. God. You know, but she was scared. She was fearful. Like I remember, you know, just she was scared to be who she was and I didn't realize that until I was much older that I struggled with being myself I think that's so sad anyways but when I feel this way as an adult when I feel you know that um, that pain in my chest or that that tightness in my chest when I'm scared to do something I talk to myself that's Alice. Hi, Alice. I talk to myself, you know, like I'm talking to a child, like, you know, like there's no need to be scared of that. Or like, you know, why, why do you think you feel that way? Or, you know, those types of things. I love cats. She can sense that I'm sad. So she's just, well, she can sense that I'm visibly sad. So she's just sitting just across from me, staring at me. It's very cute. Um, a strategy, and I sort of just explained it, but, you know, someone else had told me this once, and they said, you know, just literally look at yourself in the mirror and talk to yourself like you're a little kid. Like, use words that you would say to a little kid. Like, you know, don't be like a little, you're just being silly. Like, don't say that about yourself. You're just being silly. And I thought that that was, I mean, that's so helpful. Like when I have these thoughts of, I don't really have self-deprecating thoughts. I know a lot of people, I mean, 
I, I do have some, but like a lot of my doubts, I don't really form it in my, my head like that. Like I know a lot of people, you know, say in their head, like you're stupid or how can you be so stupid? You know, I don't really do that to myself, but this person who was talking to me, he, he said that, you know, when he has these thoughts of like, I'm so stupid, he would look at himself in the mirror and talk to him, talk to himself like he was talking to a little kid and, and said, would say, you're, you are not stupid. Like, you are amazing. And I felt like that was very helpful for me to, to think about it in that way. Be- well, because it's bringing that, those thoughts, those negative thoughts to your awareness. Okay, let's look at this last one here. I think I have one more for you guys. Okay. And then the last one we can talk about. Um, I said six, but I think I'm just going to do five. And that's just unworthy, Jess. And... Yeah, like, really not feeling good enough. And it's wild, like, from the clothes I wear to, you know, the men I would consider talking to, to the dreams I decide to make for myself, it definitely is controlled by this um, idea that I have of myself, this, of what I deserve. And I would never, I don't think most people actually would guess that I'm like this because I feel like I come across very confident. But, you know, like, I would be embarrassed if a guy came over here and I would think that they would think that I, like, that they wouldn't like me and that I'm not worth loving because I'm like this. You know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't want to bring someone into my life because they're not going to like me because I, I'm not all together. Hence why I probably come across to some people that don't know me very well as quite together. Um, you know, like, going for an elite career or job or... I don't even know. Anyway... Maybe I'll stop there, and um, I really appreciate those who listened to this episode and who have continued to listen to Mulch. This is definitely one of the more vulnerable episodes um, that I will be putting out there. I don't, I won't often be planning any unscripted episodes because I, I quite like listening to podcasts that are you know, have a structured point, but I do think that this, this one in particular, um, will go nicely with the one I am releasing next time. It's already recorded, and, um, this, uh, she is a wonderful coach. Her name's Aaliyah. I'm sorry, pardon me, Aaliyah. Her name's Aaliyah, and she's someone who I worked with when I was talking about these parts of myself. Um, And I hope you enjoy it. Hi. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Listening back on it, um, I do feel proud of myself that that I will be releasing this. I do have these moments more often than not. 
and feeling vulnerable is strength and is, um, you know, a quality that I really value in myself, although I didn't always. I, I just wish I didn't feel like that, um, but it is one of my greatest strengths. So I hope that um, you could feel that and connect to what I was saying. I'd love to hear your thoughts about this episode. Um, the person also I'm referring to in the episode, Alea, she was the guest on the last episode, um, episode eight, From Pain to Pleasure. Um, so if you missed that one, go check it out. Um, she talks about her business a little bit. Um, but that's what I was diving into this episode or the aspects of myself that I confronted when I was working with her. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for making it to the end. If you made it to the end, I really, really appreciate it. And I appreciate you. And as always, I am rooting for you.